Hi, welcome to another podcast of the Apologist Bookshelf. I'm Gary Zacharias. I'd like to share with you today a book called To Everyone an Answer, uh, subtitled A Case for the Christian Worldview, edited by Frank Beckwith, William Lane Craig, and J.P. Moreland. So you got some heavy hitters there acting as editors. Uh, contributions, you got Bill Dembski, Doug Grutice, Gary Habermas, Josh McDowell, Ron Nash, Ben Witherington, others, including Greg Kokel. And what this book does is it uh, attempts to talk about an authoritative, comprehensive Christian response to all the skeptics that are out there. And that's what this book does. It's covering areas like faith and reason, arguments for God's existence, the case for Jesus, the problem of evil. That's something that people wrestle with uh, like crazy. But you know, so do atheists. So it's funny, somehow it's always been turned into a Christian problem. But uh, atheists have to deal with it too, but that's another issue. This book also covers postmodernism and religious pluralism and Christian exclusivism. So I would like, uh, actually, instead of tackling a particular defense of one area, I wanted to cover chapter two in the first part, which is by Craig Hazen up here at Biola. It's called Defending the Defense of the Faith. So what he's doing there is trying to say, is apologetics really something we should be doing? And his answer is going to be a resounding yes. Then he starts off and he tells the story, the famous story in Mark 2, about the paralyzed man that is uh, desperate to get help and his uh, friends bring him down in through the roof into the room. And they climb, you know, they, they brought him in there desperate to see what Jesus will do. And uh, Jesus says, son, your sins are forgiven. Well, can you imagine the face of the uh, teachers of the law who are probably following Jesus around trying to catch him in a misdeed? And they must have said, whoa, that's a big line that you just crossed with that utterance. So that was blasphemy. Who could forgive sins except God? And so Hazen points out that Jesus' response is the climax of the passage. And he says, so that you may know I'm going to emphasize that word, that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. Get up, take your mat, and go home. And he does. Wow. So it says, now what Jesus did was to give people reasons to know that he had authority. And it says all through Jesus' ministry, he gave all sorts of different things uh, to prove who he was. He, he used miracles, of course, but prophecy and his lifestyle, his teaching, his argumentation. So Hazen starts by saying Jesus used reasoning, like that's what apologetics is supposed to do. So Jesus is on the side of apologetics, but so do the apostles. After all, they're following Jesus, and so they're trying to emulate their master, and they did the same thing. He mentions Paul and John and Peter. It says they seem almost obsessed with offering evidence and testimony and argument anytime they had a chance. So he talks about those three in particular. He talks about Peter first. Now he says Peter had that uh, famous passage that all apologists know, but in your heart set apart Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. That's First Peter 3.15. So Peter used reasoning. He says, be prepared to give answers. Don't just tell people, oh, just have faith. You're supposed to have an answer. 
Hazen also mentions Jude. Talks about, I had to write and urge you to contend for the faith that was entrusted to the saints. That's Jude 3. Of course, Paul. Paul over and over again talks about persuasion and says, uh, the, he, Hazen uses Acts tw- uh, 17 verses 2 to 4. Paul went into the synagogue, says as his custom was, and on three Sabbath days he reasoned with them from the scriptures, explaining and proving that the Christ had to suffer and rise from the dead. So Paul didn't walk into an assembly in that time and say, hey, uh, guys, Jesus is the, uh, the, the uh, Messiah and you better believe it or you're going to burn. Uh, he didn't do that. He gave them reasons. He says Luke, the writer of the book of Luke, has said in the prologue, he talks about the importance of eyewitness testimony and careful investigation and accurate reporting because he's trying to help Theophilus, his reader, to know, quote, the certainty, unquote, of the things he'd been taught. So we get it all over the place. This is something they did so often. And then Hazen also talks about Paul all through his missionary voyages using, using reasoning and persuasion. Acts 17.2, when he's in Thessalonica. Acts 17.17, 17, when Paul's in Athens. When he's in Corinth, that's Acts 18.4. And Ephesus, Acts 19.8. So he's doing all these apologetics things over and over again. So Hazen says, Jesus used it, the disciples the writers of the New Testament used apologetics. All right, then the next section of this uh, chapter, Hazen wants to remind people that there are objections. People have brought up some major questions about the effectiveness of apologetics. So he said that he wants to cover four objections that he says he hears the most often in recent years. So here's the first one. So Hazen says he's heard this. I've never seen anybody come to faith in Christ through apologetics. And Hazen says, well, you wonder why the Apostle Paul was so crazy about the idea of reasoning and trying to persuade and trying to prove who Christ was if these methods were so ineffective. Or why would Peter and Jude command the practice of giving reasons for the faith? So that seems odd, doesn't it? Hazen says people always come to Christ through the work of the Holy Spirit. No doubt about that. Nobody uh, believes otherwise, and I would want to emphasize that we as those interested in apologetics never say we're doing it or the arguments are doing it. No, it's always the Holy Spirit. But Hazen says, yes, that's true, but there are many tools that the Holy Spirit uses to do his work. And what's one of those tools? Apologetic reasoning. He says sometimes the apologetics is the primary tool that brings people to the foot of the cross. And that's what Hazen said happened to him. Now, I don't know Hazen's conversion story, but I'd like to hear it sometime. And he said, He's seen the same thing happen with other people that he's talked to. And he says that's true that other times apologetics plays a secondary or even a tertiary role. But he said it's, 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 it works. Well, here's the second objection that Hazen has heard. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Where are they getting that? That's Hebrews 11.6. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Uh, because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists, and they rewards those who earnestly seek him. That's Hebrews eleven six. Hazen says that's a misinterpretation. He says it's based on uh, kind of a wrong or misunderstood notion of that word faith. He said the only way the verse could really be a problem for apologetics is if you equate 
saving faith with blind faith. He said that's done way too often by Christians today. And then he makes a, a short statement that I want to emphasize. Christian faith is not blind faith. I have a talk that I do on that. Same thing. Christianity is not, hey, you ought to just trust it because we tell you or you know it in your heart. Kind of like uh, Mormonism, you know, the burning in the bosom. He says the Christian faith is not opposed to reason, evidence, logic, or knowledge. And he uses uh, Paul as an example. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, Paul says, If Christ didn't rise from the dead, the faith is useless. He says if we don't have any valid resurrection, we don't have any valid faith. So Christian faith is not blind. It's dependent upon a historical event that you could go and investigate with your eyes open. And Hazen ends that uh, section there saying, you know, a really good synonym for Christian faith is trust. Because I agree, I think the word faith has been abused and it's been misunderstood and people think of faith as that leap in the dark. So he says, our trust, our faith is stronger when we have reasons to believe in whom we're trusting. Yeah, exactly right. You trust a chair to sit in if you've seen other people sit in it or look strong. You don't just shut your eyes and jump to sit down in a chair. Okay, so those were two of the, the issues that he says uh, people will say objections to apologetics. I've never seen anybody come to faith in Christ through apologetics. He says, no, that's happened a lot. That's all due to the Holy Spirit. But without faith, it's impossible to please God. Well, that's not the kind of faith Christians are talking about. Here's the third objection. Just preach the word, because it will not return void. And they're getting that from Isaiah 55. He says, you know, if you look at that verse, so it does not contain the word just preach the faith. It says preach the word. He says that word just is what creates the problem. It implies that, oh, that's, that's all you need. Just have the word of God. It'll do its regenerative work in the unbeliever. But Jesus and the apostles, which Hazen talked about, shows that other elements can act as a catalyst. Things like miracles and prophecies and godly style of life and reason and argumentation were all employed by Jesus and the, and the disciples to authenticate their message. It had great effect. And once again, he says, you know, those commands of Peter and Jude to defend the faith really don't make any sense if the only tool you can do is just direct gospel proclamation. So he said, there's a chance today when you just say, I'm going to go quote the Bible to people, we got a big problem today. People don't view the Bible uh, as a friendly document anymore. He said inappropriately, he said it's seen as misogynistic, it's racist, it's violent, it's religiously exclusive, it's the basis of all the conflict we have in the world today. These things are not true, but that's what a lot of people believe. So you start talking scripture to them and the shields go up. And he says, well, Certainly, the scriptures are living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword, like Hebrews 6 says. And it can make us wise for salvation, that's 2 Timothy 3. But he said, good heavens, the armor that the opposition is wearing may need to be lowered for the sword to penetrate. So he said, that's fine. You know, we do want to defend the scripture. And he says, we, we can do it in a lot of different ways. Okay, so that was the third issue. Here's the fourth um, objection that people often have. Apologetics, really? Well, what, what really matters is that you love Jesus and you're willing to be used. 
Well, Hazen says, good heavens, it's hard to argue with that sentiment. There's a lot of truth there. We do want to love Jesus. We want to be willing to be used. I mean, if we're not putting loving Jesus first and we're not willing to be used, we're out of touch with what Christianity is. But he said, the problem here is that it excludes as unimportant a whole area of God-ordained activity. In other words, okay, we want to love Jesus, if we love him, then shouldn't we carry out his commands and his examples and the examples of his followers? If they valued reasoned argumentation, then why shouldn't we? So there's his chapter. And he has a section on for further reading at the end here. But this is an excellent book. It's, uh, like I said, it covers a lot of different authors speaking on a lot of different topics. A uh, good list of books to get into. This book is uh, one more time called To Everyone an Answer. Uh, I recommend it, and I know you get a lot of good out of it. Well, thank you so much for uh, joining me on this podcast. Talk to you later.